Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gaze. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. And I'm Charles Rogers, and welcome back to uh, Not the Bad Batch. We're back Not to our roots. We're back to our roots here. Headed back to Mandalorian. Ugh. Love that. Um, honestly, I'm kind of excited to go back to Mandalorian because I feel like we just need like a break from Bad Batch. It's just, it felt like it was so long, and so now I, I'm like, I agree. Somebody on somebody in my Twitch chat last was it somebody in my Twitch chat last night or or somebody somewhere was mentioning. God, it just feels like there's been so much Bad Batch all of the time. It, it was coming out for 20 weeks. It was coming out for, you know, four or so months, five months. It was most of the year it's been coming out. Right. So, yeah, it has been a lot of Bad Batch. Holy hell. Yeah, it was, you know, for us, it was 16, 17 episodes. Like, I mean, so even though there's only 16 episodes. Yeah, uh, it it was coming out for four months. I don't know how I got 20 episodes in my head when it was it was only 16. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like longer than it was. It felt like five months. So it yeah, really one, did. one third of the year was spent on Bad Batch, which <laughs> worth it, but yeah. Well, we can't quite leave just yet. We are gonna talk about our, our Mando season two episode zero today, but before we do that. Okay. There are a few minor notes because we recorded we recorded the finale episode and then literally the next day, Bradley, you and I recorded the uh, season retrospective. So we did this so that we could have a weekend off. <laughs> <laughs> right. But the problem with that is stuff came out in between Mando season why did I say Mando season two? I'm already in Mando season two. I have left right. Bad Batch. This is going to be very hard for me. Stuff came out in between our finale episode and our retrospective that I want to address. Uh, there's three of them. One is the Camino weather thing. You said that you were confused by Camino not being stormy because this is the first time we've seen it. Right. It's not actually the first time we've seen it the arc troopers episode of the clone wars actually had camino as sunny i am shook <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy yeah our uh our friends over at dark side divas their episode on arc troopers dropped mm. during this break in recording and i was ah. looking up a scene from that to confirm it as well because gotcha. i had heard kind of oh the, the it was the clone wars that it was sunny sometimes and then they mentioned a scene that i wanted to watch i pulled up the scene and lo and behold there it is there sunny camino so crazy. it happens but i guess because it was raining in the movies every depiction of it afterwards <laughs> in legends was like raining yeah they were like look we can do fake rain maybe they maybe that's why they kind of was like oh, we'll do it as uh, sunny or not raining in Clone Wars because we don't want to animate that rain. Right. We're not in a position to animate that rain yet. I think that's exactly what it was. <sighs> it's okay. We we still love Clone Wars, even if it wasn't quite on the Bad Batch's level of animation. Right, right, right. Uh, the second thing I want to bring up is the ending sequence. Now, I had heard that that might be Mount Tantus on a planet called Wayland, which in Heir to the Empire was the Emperor's storehouse and cloning facility okay. where he made some of his clones. Uh, that has been confirmed by the StarWars.com trivia gallery to be correct. Oh, all right. There you go. Oop, there it is. So that's that's what that <laughs> is. That's The planet is called Wayland. The mountain is called Mount Tantus. It is an Emperor's... Uh, cloning facility and storehouse gotcha now something that was pointed out to me about that scene is if you listen to the music something really cool talking about kevin kiner's score bradley have you seen wicked um funny enough i have not seen wow wicked, but you want to hear a hilarious little story i, I have do. read the book 
Oh, I do. I love. I do love the book. It is. It is. So I've in never my seen top the play. Books. I've never seen the play. Um, I've read the book, but I know all the words to all the songs because of mostly Glee, but also <laughs> because you know it's oh, wicked. Bless I mean, your who heart. doesn't love the wicked songs? Bless your heart. I just realized you would have been entering high school around the yeah. time Glee premiered. See, no, I was... no, Glee happened at the same time. We were, I was literally going through school as the Glee kids were going through school. So they graduated when I graduated, oh, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. No wonder you're so fucked up and don't know how to read. Good Lord. Ryan Murphy. You grew up in up. the Glee generation. <laughs> ah. So there's a bit in, I'm not going to sing it for copyright reasons, but the bit in uh, The Wizard and I, where she goes unlimited... Uh, my future is unlimited mm-hmm. that bit is actually the same notes as uh somewhere over the rainbow it's the first seven notes of somewhere over the rainbow okay that are just timed differently and the reason i bring this up is somebody noticed that in the the Wayland scene as the camera's pulling back or it, either it's pulling back or coming in there's a bit where Ray's theme, the same notes play, just different timings oh, on them. Interesting. As, as well as, much more noticeably, in the last shot, the music that's playing over that is Palpatine's teachings. Oh, uh, that makes sense. Okay. So there's a completely random diatribe that about music. We didn't even have to. Random ass fucking trivia. <laughs> But I wanted to bring it up because we love Kevin Kiner's music so much mm-hmm. that it I, I couldn't let the trivia fact go unmentioned at all. Third thing that, that I real fast wanted to bring up, uh, we did speculate in the finale there was going to be a time jump. Apparently that was confirmed uh, in an interview that there was going to be a time jump between seasons. Now, I didn't I didn't go look for a primary source on this one. I wasn't able to take the 10 seconds to to google it but a lot of people are saying that there was an interview on starwars.com and in that interview they did say there was going to be a time jump i mean it's just the logical choice but yeah it's it's a good place to do that yeah okay so with that we can finally wrap up our bad batch coverage good it's wrapped you knew you knew there was gonna be i know we're gonna do some housekeeping on that have to do some keeping but it is wrapped like all of you should be on a Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Mandalorian. We do actually have a piece of, uh, two pieces of Mandalorian news to segue us into our season two uh, prologue discussion. The second and, or the first and, and less important news, uh, Carl Weathers, who plays Grief Karga, uh, did confirm that he's in season three and he's also directing another episode in season three hmm. that's such a strange like thing to need to be confirmed like i don't know i just assumed that was gonna already happen which is strange but yeah but we we don't know because with tv shows normally you would assume that uh the cast is going to stay the same with mandalorian not that's true so much. You, you, ne- you never know not so much here right we already know two people who aren't coming back. So yeah. This is, yeah, it is strange. But Carl Weathers did say that he he is acting in it. And more importantly, he is directing another episode. Right. Because he his first one is in season two, right? Right. It's so season we'll get two, to episode four. It's the okay. one where they have to break into the Imperial facility. That's on, right. I remember uh, that. Okay. On Navarro. Cool. All right. Can't wait for that one. Uh, but in more important Mandalorian news, uh, the Mandalorian gallery uh, episode about the finale is released. Uh, and with our watch of hot men doing Star Wars things, uh, <laughs> the entire internet was introduced to uh, certain characters stand in. Yes. Who broke Twitter for a day. <laughs> Max Lloyd Jones is the guy's name who was the stand in. 
Oh my god. <laughs> so hot. Where did that that was what was behind the digital leak Skywalker? I know. It's so funny because you you don't think like of it as being like a person behind it. Like you just think of them usually like as the character. You don't really think about the fact that there's like a third person like involved and it's or a second person involved. And it's like with Tarkin and Leia in the movies, you know, when they did the digital versions of them, it's like you don't think about, oh, there's a person that's just there with fucking dots all over their face. Like, you know, yeah, there's, a, there's a person that has to be there, particularly in the case of like some of the ones that are really, really good. Like Tarkin in particular, Leia was kind of eh, with the, the compositing yeah. on her face. But Tarkin, if you watch him for a few minutes especially in some of the death star the less well-lit scenes Mm -hmm, in the death star um firing room you can almost kind of trick yourself into thinking that that's that's peter cushing like honestly i think a lot of people did for for, at least older people who maybe weren't as in formed (laughs) that he's not alive anymore i don't think anybody Um, (laughs) thought that i don't think anybody thought that it actually was peter cushing because he's famously dead but i think so but i'm sure there's some people out there who are like isn't that very confused people well (laughs) we'll get we'll get to this when we get to the finale of mandalorian when a certain character showed up the very first time i watched i watched on my phone Hmm. and it was my phone it was one o'clock in the morning and I was extremely confused because the face was not that great quality on my phone. I thought that it was Sebastian Stan the first time I watched it. Twitter had to confirm for me with big high-res pictures, and I watched it, the episode again that, that the next evening on my computer to confirm that, no, in fact, they had digitally... Right. put someone's face on top of max lloyd jones i've been seeing a lot on twitter that that they should have just like cast max lloyd jones in the part so i have a theory about that okay i think that they did i think that he moving forward for season three will in fact be luke skywalker and then the this digital like thing right was like one of their look what we can do, you know, kind of things. And they only did it for the finale and that was it. And then moving forward, they're just going to use Max. I I really do think that because I don't know if it'll be too hard to keep doing the fake face. I have an alternate theory. Okay, what's your alternate? And the alternate theory, I've always speculated that some of the Tarkin stuff in uh, Rogue One that they they might've also shot uh, stuff with Vader just in case they couldn't get it quite right right they were gonna they were gonna use vader instead that has kind of been debunked uh i have watched some things that do explain more about where the vader scenes in the trailer came from but in this case i feel like they cast somebody who looked a lot like luke just Whoops, I've inadvertently spoiled who, who shows up at the end of Mando season Yeah, two, we're not but... supposed to know. We have to do rush. I'm just kidding. It's fine with this one. I don't care. They cast somebody who looked like him just in case the CG couldn't work. Right, exactly. And that would be who is going to play him and, and things going forward if he shows up again in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they've actually got Mark Hamill to come in. And I think that is Mark Hamill playing him. From what I've seen of Gallery the second gallery episode i haven't actually had a chance to sit down and watch it beginning to end but i've seen clips from it from what i've seen that's max lloyd jones in the hallway and that's mark hamill behind the face in when he's actually having the dialogue so i actually watched the episode and the reason why i said my theory is because when you listen to all of them talk about him talk about max i think it's very likely that because the way they phrased the way they hired him like he came in not knowing what he was doing and then they were like you're going to be luke skywalker and then he in his brain he is going to be luke skywalker and then you have mark hamill on set doing the exact same motions with him so they're both in the same exact scene in the same exact spaces repeating the same movements and basically max is just copying whatever um, Mark Hamill's doing. So he's kind of like 
doing this alternate performance, but like trying to mimic him. And then you also have a stunt double. So there's technically three loops. Um, so there's the one who does the action sequences, obviously, like the super athletic swinging and doing stuff. But right. then you also have Max doing that too. Because there's literally a scene where you see Max and he's practicing with the lightsaber and he's practicing the movements. So he also did it. So I'm thinking, I genuinely do think that he is Luke Skywalker moving forward, at least for this show. I would like that. I, I definitely would like to see... I haven't been super wild about the, the main characters popping up and other things. And we'll, we'll get to my feelings on the finale episode of the Mandalorian when we get mm-hmm. to it, but I would like to see like maybe Han and Luke and Leia pop up, particularly Leia. I would like to see pop up. Me um, too. Cause I think I want to see more from her, especially since we got those, you know, CGI scenes in rise of Skywalker of her, like with a lightsaber and doing stuff. I was like, I want more of that Leia. I know people don't like her, like Sorcerer Leia, but I think Mary Poppins Leia is like literally my favorite thing in all of Star Wars. <laughs> so all those people can suck it. Um, I love Leia using force powers. I love her using a lightsaber. So I want to see way more of that. Yeah, I... Before we we move on to The Mandalorian, though, while we're still on this Maxla Jones, uh, Bradley, <laughs> do you want to recount the discovery you made to me that absolutely, like, floored me when you sent me this this text message okay so the other day when i was watching the gallery i instantly texted you because i was like watching this whole entire thing and i literally got through most of it and i was like wow that guy is really handsome i was like who is this guy and then i looked up his fucking name and he only has so many credits and so out of the three credits that he's known for in all of you know existence in the ether one of them is from my fucking childhood and I didn't even think about it until now. And now it just, it makes so much sense that I'm a homosexual because he was in the straight to DVD version of uh, the sequel to the Sandlot, which is the Sandlot two. And he was the main kind of uh, guy in that movie. Um, and I just remember him being so hot as a kid. And I was like, oh my God, like he's cute. Like I didn't know that I was obviously a homosexual then, but like I was so attracted to him at the time and I didn't think about it. And now I'm like, that's the same fucking guy. And the fact that he's Luke Skywalker makes him even hotter. So it's less like, you know. You sent that to me and I was, I was at work and I was, I was looking at my phone like, no, (laughs) no, no way. Right. No way. Yeah, so Luke Skywalker was in the Sandlot too. Yep. Loved it. That provides us a nice transition. So for the next eight weeks, we are going to be, uh, well, I guess for the next 10 weeks, including this week and then the retrospective, we are going to be uh, really fast doing some coverage for The Mandalorian Season 2, just Mm -hmm. to catch us up to speed before Book of Boba Fett. This year is going to be all TV stuff. Next year, we're going to have to <laughs> fill some gaps. Hopefully yeah. not too many gaps based on how much is fucking coming out next year. Oh, my Jesus. God. We have three shows next year, so at like least. Four. Four. Oh, I, not, oh, I wasn't even counting Bad I wasn't even counting Bad Batch, so you're right. We yeah, have Book four of shows. Boba, Obi-Wan, Bad Batch Season 2, and uh, Soka... No. Andor. Andor, yes. And it yeah. was an A name. Yeah, I was gonna say Ahsoka's not until the following year. I yeah. probably. But we real fast gotta do uh we real fast gotta do Mando season two here. Yes. Uh, I do want to talk about before we dive into because we both rewatched the trailer. Before we get into that, I, I do want to talk a little bit about what was going on mm-hmm. around Mandalorian season two, because Mandalorian's Mandalorian season two premiered in a very different world than Mandalorian season one. So Mandalorian season two aired through late 2020. So it started airing in October of 2020. October. Yeah, I see that. October 30th. So literally right on Halloween, basically. Couple of things to note about what was happening. We had had Rise of Skywalker at the end of 2019 and Mando season one, the end of 2019. And then we had like about February we had Clone Wars Season 7. 
And then Clone Wars season seven ended in like May. I think it was okay. like May that it ended, May or June. We had had no Star Wars for months because they were still in the middle of their pivot from mm-hmm. films to TV. We had no Star Wars for months. Fallen Order hadn't even come out yet. Fallen Order wouldn't come out until like, I think November something. It was November 12th or 11th or 12th or something, 2020. So we were like deprived of Star Wars content for four months. <laughs> we really were. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, that is not looking to be the case in going forward. Right. But that's what was going on at the time is, is we hadn't had any Star Wars since Clone Wars season seven. And a lot of the fan discussion was still over the sequel trilogy and really vitriolic. Mm. Not helped at all by some things that were happening. And this is the part where we have to mention uh, some stuff we try to avoid mentioning when we dive into the episodes. Late 2020, we were in the middle of an extremely contentious presidential election in the United States. Mm-hmm. That was uh, basically just a big downer for yeah, everybody. Really well, best, especially for the year that we had had so far, because we were Correct. all locked down for six plus months. So it was mm. garbage. We've been in, we've been in <laughs> lockdown since March. And it's, it's worth mentioning. I want to mention it because it definitely colored how I felt going in mm-hmm. to the second season. By that point, the Gina Carano stuff was well in the middle of happening. Now, right. she wouldn't do the stuff that specifically got her contract not renewed. That would come post uh, November. That would come post November. Wow. I, I, she would actually get fired in. I hate using the word fired, but yeah. She would get her con- the news that her contract would not be renewed in, I think it was March or April. Because it was like our third episode of the podcast of Gold Squadron Gaze, I think, that we had mm-hmm. to address that. But this was, it was well and truly in the middle of happening. That the stuff with her, particularly the pronoun stuff where she was making fun of people putting their pronouns in the bio and got a lot of backlash about that. All that stuff was in the middle of happening. So it it wow. definitely was something that was hanging over, especially the spaces I occupy in, like a cloud going into this season. So this season premiered after a huge glut of no Star Wars content and in the middle of a very tumultuous uh, period in world history right. that one of the main actresses on the show was not helping at all right. oh i know i'm sure it was like a pr nightmare over there at lucasfilm they were like are you fucking kidding me yeah and i th- i think that somebody can correct me if i'm misremembering this that it was i believe the disney executives specifically or it was simply on the executive level where the people that were like we want her gone mm-hmm. uh but dark side divas pointed this out shout out to them again where the the issue at hand with Disney is that when you sign the contract with Disney, you basically sign a thing that says, I'm not going to make a stir on social media. Right. This is why James Gunn and Chuck Wendig got the boot, particularly James Gunn, because you can't really, when you work tangentially for the mouse, you can't be in the middle of a controversy because then that makes them look bad. Right. Because every, every article says Disney this, Disney that. Mm-hmm. And, you know. So they made the point that the issue was if you just let the controversy die down and you handle it really well, you're generally safe. But if you go in guns blazing, Disney's going to be like, nah. Yeah. Nah. <clears throat> And that was her but, downfall. So yeah, that that she just couldn't shut up about it. 
Yeah, I mean, you can have your opinions and they can be like your opinions. You just can't share them. <laughs> on you can media. or you have to do it in like a really delicate way. Right, right, right. You have to make sure because you're kind of a brand ambassador at that point for right. the Disney for the Corporation. Yeah. And the, the Disney Corporation looks at you and goes, you're causing too much of a stir. We're going to cut you loose. Good luck. Have fun. Right. But that was that was kind of the world that Mando season two was premiering into. So it it had a bit of an uphill battle as far as being received the same way as season one. Right. I, I, I'm actually kind of laughing um, because you're bringing all this up. And it segues really well into the actual trailer because the opening shot of the trailer is the Razor Quest, like basically falling apart and flying through space, which is what literally the definition of 2020 was. Yes. Yeah. No, the trailer, I rewatched it to prep for this episode. Yeah, the trailer opens like that broken ship. I remember seeing the broken ship shot. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. this is going to be so cool like the overarching theme of the trailer really is here's some stuff that led charles to think one thing and then another thing happened they did a really good job of that in this trailer of misleading the fans and and i don't mean in a way like not in a like vicious way like we're promising something not, not like the rogue one trailer where they show you stuff that never Half makes the trailer it into the isn't even in the film. movie Oh, that makes me so mad because you know what? I know that there is a cutting room floor somewhere where all the good ass fucking shit from Rogue One is and it's just sitting there on the floor and they just stripped it away and it's gone and I want to see that fucking shit. They said that they filmed some scenes specifically for the trailer and then on top of that, the entirety of Act 3 was basically a reshoot. Right. Like the best part of the movie because famously Gareth Edwards like shot the entire movie with an ending where they survive and then went to Kathleen Kennedy and pitched, hey, none of these people ever show up again. They're not in (laughs) New Hope. Uh, Wouldn't it make sense if they were all dead? And she was like, yeah, go do that. And he had to reshoot a bunch of Act 3. That's so funny. I love that. But Mando, John Favreau has also said that he kind of makes Mando up as he goes along. Mm. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, I I kind of get that because I genuinely don't know where they're going in season three. Which once we get to the finale, we'll talk about why that is and why we the con- the finale is so controversial. Because I genuinely really thought, like at the end of season one, I went oh, this is going to be the rest of the series. This is going to travel around the galaxy trying to find the Jedi. And then that happens really quickly. Very quickly. And then they even teased it in this trailer. So you were like, Dave, Dave, you you know you can drag some things out, right, Dave? You don't have to introduce a thing and resolve it eight episodes later. I was like, this is not like... Uh, this is not Bad Batch, not Clone Wars, this is not Rebels. You don't need to, like, do it a couple days later. You can literally make us wait two years for this bullshit. Like, it doesn't, you know, we're gonna wait regardless. So it doesn't really, it's not like the show's going anywhere. So it's like, draw it out. Well, we also didn't know at the time, season two was really the thing that really introduced that this is going to be a sequel to the animated shows. Yes, there's a lot in season there's two. There's a lot. And there wasn't really in season one, and we hadn't heard anything. Now, we sort of heard in the lead-up, we heard rumors like, oh, uh, Rosario Dawson is going to be Ahsoka Tano. Mm-hmm. Uh, we heard that like, Katie Sackhoff is going to be in it as Bo-Katan cries. So they so talk about that in the things. gallery. Really? Yeah. It, yeah, in this in this last episode of the gallery, they talk about that. They said, you know, with season one, they kept the child um a secret for so long and it you know it was in the first episode because they talked about how they told mark hamill about it and how he was one of the first people to know about Mm -hmm. the baby and because they showed him the whole first episode when he came to set to film his uh cameo scene where he was the robot in the um 
the diner for or the uh, the cantina. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, he's Mark Hamill. If if Mark Hamill shows up, you you show him what you've got. Right. He's so Mark they Hamill. told him about that, and they were like, "Look, here's the baby." And then you know they kept that such a big secret. So they talked about how in this season or the second season they didn't have to keep the secret as much because it was you know everybody knew about Rosario Dawson. Everybody knew about Katie Sacco. Like it, it was just a known thing. Like there's just no way you could keep that a secret. You just kind of have to cast them and just all right, here's who they are. Like, you know, um, so it's interesting to see how they kept the finale a secret. So I'll let you watch that to find out how they did that, but it's very good. I will always remember the fact that I saw Darth Sidious's face for the first time on the back of a cereal box leading up to Revenge of the Sith. And I got the first three-fourths of Revenge of the Sith, I experienced that through a comic book (laughs) because they would release, like, back in the day, back in the day, no one gave a shit about spoilers. So they would release the novels or the comic versions before the film was even out. And in the trailers, you would see promo material of spoilerish scenes from the film that's where all the jokes in the late 2000s come from about this trailer is going to spoil the whole movie for you well that's what they did at the time they showed you what was in the movie like i was specifically i remember i was in my my friend max's basement and he had gotten the first three issues of the revenge of the sith comic adaptation And I read all three, so I knew exactly what happened in the movie up Mm. to Palpatine giving his speech in the Senate. I knew everything that happened in the film. Gotcha. So looking at the modern day of like, oh, we must not have spoilers. We must not reveal anything. It's the J.J. Abrams mystery box bullshit. Yeah. Like, oh, people like to feel clever because they figured out what was in the thing. Like, no, just tell me what's in the thing. Yeah, I, I think that's literally the mentality of this season. They were like, well, we can keep a few things a secret, but we can't keep everything a secret because it's just it's just too hard in this day and age with social media and everything. It's just not something that you can do anymore. Like, it's just the old way of making movies was, you know, it, everything was a secret because there was no way to get the information out. So now it's like, since information is so readily available, it's just very much like, oh, yeah, that person was seen on set filming a cameo. Oh, okay, great. Like the paparazzi got a shot of Mark Hamill leaving a Hollywood set, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Oh, we know that he did something for Mandalorian season two. We don't know what it is, but we know he was there. So this is why you you get nowadays, like you get these like fake scenes that are filmed. Mm-hmm. I think they're filmed on sound stages with NDAs. Like you talked about, in one of our pre-meetings, I don't think you mentioned it on one of the episodes, but you mentioned to me about the WandaVision two episodes that are filmed in front of a live studio audience. Is it, mm-hmm. is, or no, it's just the first episode. That's it's just the first two. Well, the first two are in the sitcom style. So yeah, it is the first two. So that one you had talked about how they had, it was just like family and, and close friends of cast members. Right. And they had to sign like ridiculous NDAs. Right. So they couldn't tell anybody. So they couldn't tell anybody. Like, that's why Disney has to go through all these measures. And I I dislike it as a, just as a cultural thing. I'm personally of the opinion that if you get a movie spoiled for you and that makes the movie worse, then it wasn't really a good movie to begin with. Hmm. That, well, I'm sure... Let me rephrase that because I'm sure it probably was a good movie. It's if the point of the movie is to surprise you and it diminishes in value significantly if you know what occurs in the film, then it is, I would say, not as as good as it should be. Like I use the example of Gone Girl a lot of the time. Gone Girl is a great movie. Gone Girl is a great movie, whether or not you know the big twist in the middle of the film. Right. Because you can either know the big twist and still look at it and say, this is a really good movie, or you can not know the twist and the shock of it will still make it be a really good movie. 
Right. I mean, when you, when you, I, I will say tonight or tomorrow or whenever, you should watch the gallery season two because the, the length that they went to hide the finale spoiler at the end, it, like the fake script that they came out with to give to everybody. Oh, is... I have seen, I have seen screenshots of the fake. Oh, okay. You have seen it. Okay. They, I, go, I have... they went to ridiculous lengths though. Like ridiculous, like and so much so to create, uh, what was it? Um, concept art. I've seen the concept art and it kicks ass. So the, they went to that level. Even They even modeled a head for the fake person that they mm-hmm. put in the script and they put it on the actor in the dailies so that people thought it genuinely was going to be that thing up until they, until, up until Mark Hamill walked on set. <laughs> wow. Yeah. The, and I could just, I could just see Dave doing that too. Like knowing who that oh, character yeah. is, I could just fucking see Dave. Like that is plausible. Yeah. That Dave anyway. was like, yeah, we're bringing uh, this person back <laughs> for the but now, But now that they said that and all that, I'm like, can you bring that person back? Like, just do it. Like, go for it. Like, <laughs> I've right now, one of the big things going around uh, the Star Wars spaces is the concept of a Star Wars what if show. And oh, some I of like the discussion that. around it kind of makes me roll my eyes. But one thing that was brought up is oh, what if it actually was that person and not who it turned out to be? Right. What if it actually was? Uh, and I'm like, uh, okay but now that you said a star wars what if i honestly i've been watching the marvel what if and it's actually very good um so I've, i'm thinking like i want to see a star wars version like that would I've be fucking heard, great i've heard it's good i also think that as far as the star wars fandom goes and the discourse they have of we were robbed of this we were yeah. robbed of that uh, this should have been this. It should have been that. I, I don't feel that would be helped by a what if. Like, I love <laughs> the Infinities comics. I really yeah. do. I don't think the concept of alternate stories with the same characters in this current canon is healthy for fan discussion right now. Oh, I mean, that's probably true. I just think that based on what they have done with this Marvel what if because you don't have to take it seriously like it's very much like a oh let's just throw these characters in this situation and just see what it would happen if that happened and I I enjoy it it's just like a fun little like oh that would be cute idea like you know it's not in line with the real movies so you're like oh that was fun like you're like I like that and so I think it would be really cool because then you could theoretically do the stories that you couldn't do live action like i.e without recasting so you could do like a young luke skywalker doing whatever you know or you can expand on the old fucking eu stuff and you can say what if uh somebody took luke's hand and turned it into a fucking clone you know what i mean like you can do those stories i see somebody's been reading the luke discourse Oh my God! Did I tell you that's my theory for season three? That that the clo- that uh, it turns out to be Luke and not yes, Luke. And and then when you have Max playing him, it's okay that he looks slightly different than Mark Hamill because it is slightly different version. It's not Mark Hamill. It's a different person. Oh Jesus! Uh, okay, I don't want to get into season three because we'll be here all day. I love I love me some original Thrawn trilogy, but like Timothy Zahn really went ham on the clones so there's like clones of everybody in that book and i hey as long as we get triclops i'd be happy uh, why did you have to remind me that the glove of darth vader happened this is this was canon by the way people who say that they want to bring back uh the the eu so palpatine had a grand had a kid and that kid had a, another kid, so Palpatine's grandson, who was like this lost Jedi prince who lived in a secret Jedi city on Yavin 4. And this kid is in this series, this Glove of Darth Vader series, and literally never mentioned again. Love that. At all. 
in the EU. Like the rest of the EU pretends that these books did not happen, but they are 100% canon. Love that. To the EU. So, oh, and and Palpatine had multiple clones in the EU that he jumped around between every time they killed him. Perfect. I think one of the Wikipedia articles, one of the sections for the Wikipedia article for Palpatine and Legends literally begins with like, and then Palpatine showed up in another clone body. (laughs) Like, it got ridiculously out of control. Which is why the what if thing would be great, because then you can do all the ridiculous ass shit that you want and then call it a day. I'm thinking of doing a Legends run at some point where I just go through and read, watch, uh, do everything in Legends in order over the course of a year. And like, uh, you're like, maybe not. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. I don't know how I feel about because like, 80s and 90s particularly 90s star wars got weird wait you're telling me you don't want to see a camel and a tie fighter <sighs> is that what it is by the way i just made that animal up i'm assuming that's what it is it's or, a no horse. it's a horse it's a horse actually it's a horse it's a, a tie horse fighter. But see, now I, I want to see horse people in Star Wars. Like, and then you could retcon it to be like, oh no, that wasn't a real horse. That was a horse person thing. That was a horse person thing. Yeah. Yeah, the EU got weird. <laughs> and bringing it around to the Mandalorian, like one thing that Clone Wars and Rebels and uh, now the Mandalorian, the stuff that, that Dave has worked on, it when it gets weird like the goat assassin or the giant bug guy playing poker it's it's got this special brand of weird that makes it feel like it fits in the universe yeah as opposed to particularly some of the 90s star wars and and early 2000s star wars that was just like before it started coalescing down so there's a period with the eu where it was like just do whatever throw it at the wall George isn't paying attention. No one gives a shit. Just throw whatever you want. That's where the Luke Skywalker wife wars came from, which were, for the uninitiated, the Luke Skywalker wife wars, there was a period, so Timothy Zahn created the character of Mara Jade with the intention that she would work as a good match for Luke Skywalker. Then other authors came in and were like, nah, we're going to invent this other woman to hook up with luke skywalker and he went through he went through like a bunch of different female characters uh, as different authors came in and wanted him to hook up with somebody else and finally timothy zahn had to come back and definitively have him get married to mary jade just to stop (laughs) this ridiculousness that was going on like the time he fell in love with the spaceship it's it's really weird but jumping back to jumping back to me, jumping back. <laughs> I love I love these like off the off the cuff episodes where we're not following an episode script because we know because we, we go anywhere. We go anywhere we want. It's not speaking of going anywhere. The trailer goes pretty back, much everywhere. <laughs> it does. Well, it. I remember watching the trailer and rolling my eyes when I saw the Bantha. I, the I have Raider. that pulled up right now because that's the first shot you basically see. And I was so like are we really going to go to Tatooine every season? Like what's going? Mm-hmm. Then they actually, what they did on Tatooine, that made it, when I saw it, I didn't know about who Timothy Oliphant was actually playing. Right. And when we so, learned who Timothy Oliphant was actually playing, it went, oh, oh, that's why we have to go back to Tatooine. So when you saw the trailer, you saw, okay, ugh, Tatooine, next. I was like, please, God, bring us to some different. Right. One thing I liked about the sequels, and and some people didn't like it, and I didn't really like it in episode seven, but it kind of grew on me, was seeing different planets. Yeah. Maybe doing different things. And so, like, I had my question of why wasn't Jakku Tatooine? Well, it's because they wanted to do something a little bit different with it being like a scrap war-torn place and they didn't want to do that to Tatooine. They also right. didn't want to literally have Ray come from Tatooine again. 
So yeah, the theories there would have been like, hmm, I yep. wonder whose child she is. But going to places like Crate and Takedana and some of these other planets, one thing I liked about Mando season one was it jumped around to some different places like Navarro and the Ice Planet in episode one. And then season two does take us to some interesting places. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that in the trailer, I was like, oh, God, it's Tatooine again. We just well, then, had the most reference-heavy episode. And I was going to say, then they do jump to some random-ass ice planet. So you were like, oh, okay, another planet. But did you think in the trailer, were you like, oh, crap, they're going to Hoth? I thought it was Ilum. Because I didn't know, I hadn't put together that uh, Ilum becomes Starkiller base. Because mm. remember, Fallen Order wouldn't come out and basically explicitly confirm for us that Ilum does become Starkiller base until midway through this season. So I thought it might be Ilum because a bunch of the trailer, and I want to bring this up, a bunch of the trailer like is about Mando searching for the Jedi. Like we see that shot of uh, Sasha Banks and she's wearing the hood and disappearing. Mm -hmm. It implies that she's a Jedi. Yeah, for sure. And who did you think she was though in that scene? So... I didn't know. I had heard that, like, there was speculation she might be playing Sabine. That turned out not to be correct. There was speculation she was some sort of Jedi. That turned out not to be correct. Like, there was a lot of speculation on who this character is. The way it's framed in the trailer kind of makes her look like a Jedi. I mean, because they literally are saying in the voiceover, or the armor or whatever, is saying in the voiceover, she's like, this is or no i'm sorry mando says you want me to bring him to uh, a race of a, bunch enemy of, a race of enemy sorcerers and then they show her in the hood like if that's not a misdirect i don't know what it is because it's a huge misdirect and thankfully we i mean what well, well now that we know that she's not but i you know i genuinely was on the track that oh yeah no she's a jedi like the jedi are quote-unquote tracking grogu or i'm sorry uh the child and you know, they, they know about him already and they want him. Like, so it, it definitely seemed like that. I, yeah, well, you know, I, they had a nice blend. I should have had more faith in them because they did have a nice blend in season two of locations we had seen before mm-hmm. and locations that we had not seen before. Like the planet that he's on in episode five, uh, that one where he's he's going up against the magistrate, that mm. was really cool. Yeah. Like I had never seen anything like that in Star Wars before. Uh, or when they go to Tython uh, in episode six. Now we'll get to why that's interesting that Tython looks like that in the Mandalorian. But let's just say that I've been catching up on the Star Wars comics and so I will have some things to say about the planet Tython when we get there. But these were, they did a good job of blending places when you like Tatooine and Navarro with places like the planet that the magistrate is on, uh, the Ice Caves planet, which is not Ilum, apparently. Of course, though, as we know, planets are only allowed to have one single biome. Right. Um, and then we also get to see him on a boat in the middle of the ocean uh, in the trailer, which is I just random, but there was we've corn. never seen. I thought he was on Montella. I know. I got really excited because I was like, "Oh, we're gonna get to see ocean biomes ish more than you know Camino. Like you know, we're gonna get to see people interacting on a ocean planet." And then he just kind of he's on a boat. He's just on a boat. But we he's did get to see on a boat in, in the background. We get to see the corns and the Mon Calamari, which is, I mean, I love. I love aquatic star wars people so bring them all like you know <laughs> they're great right um and we actually see uh earlier in the shot when he's in the dock we do see um the frog people we don't know i don't think we get a very good view of them oh no we do actually um we get i don't think uh, we had put together that frog frog lady is actually in the cantina in moss right in in the first season i don't think anybody had put together that yeah because you see oh, them walking in front of him but you don't, I guess you don't put it together that they're frog people. I guess it just doesn't like click. 
Um, Cause when I'm watching it, you really can't tell. It's just the back of their head. So it just looks like it could be like helmets or something. You don't really know what it is. So, but you get to see all the Corrin. So you're like, Oh, we're on a cool ass aquatic planet. And I don't know. I, I like that shot. And then it jumps from the boat to the TIE fighters. Now that is probably the thing I, I want to say that people got the most excited about in this trailer was you got to see the two TIE fighters going either side of him and then opening up into attack mode. So it's it's X-Wings. Or, or, or what did I say? TIE fighters? You said TIE fighters. Okay, sorry, all of Star Wars. Uh, Bradley, what the actual <laughs> fuck, dude? How do you how do you mix up X wings and Tie Fighters? This I'm literally staring at it. I'm literally You're staring at, at it. it on the screen, making right an now. X. <laughs> it, it's X. It's right there, Bradley. It's right. I know you can't read, but I assume you understand what the letter X is. Anyway, um, the shot though of the X wings. Um, "Quote unquote dogfighting or flying through the clouds and chasing him was a really cool shot. I mean, I don't know what people thought that was going to be, but it was like, whoa, this is going to be something interesting. Yeah, and I remember, I remember that was a big deal at the time because it features very prominently in the trailer. Mm -hmm. That, and we see throughout the second season that that he interacts a bit more with the concept of the New Republic." Now, this was obviously, in hindsight, this was obviously building up to the Rangers of the New Republic show, mm-hmm. which they've pulled back on. Uh, right. It's not in active development anymore. Uh, but you can kind of tell, especially with some of the, the stuff we'll get to with Cara Dune, that that's the direction that they were sort of going, mm-hmm. was that they were kind of seeding that. There's all of the other shows kind of have backdoor pilots in this season, which we only found yeah. about in, in hindsight that, oh, this was clearly setting up Rangers of the New Republic. Oh, this was clearly setting up, you know, the other two shows. Right. Everything's supposed to be building up to something, which we're reasonably certain we know what that something is. <laughs> um, moving on, you know, there's a couple of different random clips. We see the return of Brief Cargo. We see the return of Cara Dune. We see um, uh, the Razor Crest is falling <laughs> from space, basically. Uh, it's in flames. Um, so that was an interesting shot. It's only, it's really quick, but it was... Man, the like Razor that. Crest gets the shit kicked out of it all of the time. Yeah. Um, but more notably, one of my more interesting um, favorite kind of parts that they kind of showed was the two Gamorrean guards um or two Gamorreans I should say because they weren't guards they were just Gamorreans that were in this kind of like underground fight club (laughs) basically when I remember when they confirmed season two I believe they did it with either a sketch or a a mold of the Gamorreans so that was literally the first thing we learned about season two Mm -hmm. was that Gamorreans were going to be in it and then season not, two was happening. And not only were they just Gamorians, they weren't lard Gamorians. They were like normal looking, like almost muscular Gamorians, which was interesting too. Because, you know, we're so used to seeing giant fat pig ones. So, I mean. Maybe the ones in Jabba's palace, like, didn't have to do a lot of actual guarding. Well, I think that's got the fat. joke. I think that's like kind of the joke that they've retroactively made is that you know, the Gamorrean guards in Jabba's palace just kind of sat around all day and just didn't really do anything. They were supposed to be there kind of look intimidating, but they, you know, over time, they just became donut cops. And then the ones that we see in the trailer are literally fighting, you know, with axe weapons or vibration axes or whatever they're called. Um, Vibro axes. Vibro axes, I guess. And then they're like, train they're like mma fighting so they have to be like you know kind of ripped (laughs) yeah i was uh i was i was pleasantly surprised by the creatures in the second season like the trailer doesn't the trailer gives us the gamorians they give us the banthas but they don't spoil a whole lot of some of the weird stuff we're actually going to see Mm -hmm. and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier of dave just being able to put weird stuff in the season Right. Like this this went to some interesting places and did some interesting things. 
with what it could show on screen. Unfortunately, the trailer didn't spoil a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, and now that I retroactively think about it, there were a lot of creatures in this second season. Just like new, mm-hmm. not necessarily new, but like more costume design, more creature design, which I always love in Star Wars. I Anytime mm-hmm. you can put aliens on the screen, I love it because it makes the world familiar yet not as small because you're like, oh, there's another, there's a whole nother species out there. There's a whole nother species out there. There's a whole nother species. Like every time they introduce a new type of alien, you're like, the world just gets bigger. So the more aliens, the better. I mean, that's my philosophy on aliens in Star Wars. I I would absolutely agree with that. And again, that's something the sequel trilogy did really well was that it went to new places and showed us new types of creatures. Right. Some of those new types of creatures didn't actually make it into the film, Constable Zuvo, but you know they were there, they were designed, they exist. So, Bradley, do you have any uh, final thoughts on where where we were at going into the second season? Uh, what you kind of expected from the second season? Yeah, I mean, so going into it, I genuinely thought I thought like, okay. You know, he's kind of tasked at the end of this first season, hey, you got to go find the Jedi. So I knew that in my producer script writing brain, like, I'm like, okay, he's been given this quest at the beginning of the first season or the second season, go find the Jedi. Okay, well, we know what the season's about now. It's him going to find the Jedi and bringing the child to the Jedi. Now, since we already knew about rosario dawson and we knew which episode she appears in because we kind of knew the titles by this point i believe um or at least we figured them out at some point yeah i think we knew the first four going in and then a few weeks before we we found out the title of uh episode five right and so i knew that by episode five that arc was going to be completed that in my brain i was thinking like okay the arc is going to go from episode one to episode five. And that's the whole finding the Jedi arc, which is technically the first half of the season. I'm putting it in air quotes because it's only eight episodes, but right. five ish is half. So I knew that they were going to do a half a season and then a third or like a, a second act basically for the right. latter half of the season, which was going to be the overarching um, story, whatever that story would have been. Um, so it's it's interesting to see one how it all kind of worked out because it kind of did work out that way but it kind of didn't um and it, it did it in an unexpected way so i like how you know john favreau and um dave floney are able to subvert my expectations because you think that they're going to do something and then they just go ahead and do everything in you know the left field so I was excited for this season because like you said, we were deprived of any Star Wars material. So I was ready for anything. I I really had no idea what to expect. Like, obviously I was as excited for the season because I love Star Wars and I want more Star Wars. I was, it was clouded a little bit by what was happening around me mm-hmm. at the time, but I was still looking forward to it. I was having to process some of those things I watched the trailer and I went, okay, this is what the rest... So you had a shorter view. You thought the Jedi thing was going to be resolved in five episodes. I thought it was going to be the rest of the series because I didn't know about Bo-Katan. I didn't know about how important the Mandalorian plot was going to be. And I didn't know one major character who we haven't mentioned who shows up was going to be in it. I had heard rumors, but I was hoping that they were not true. But so I expected it was going to be the rest of the series was going to be he was going to travel around the galaxy. He was going to do bounty hunter stuff. uh, And that was going to be it. But the season obviously is very different. I'm looking forward to rewatching it. I haven't actually rewatched it since it aired. I haven't sat down and rewatched it. So this will be my first rewatch. The last thing that I want to point out is that the shot in the trailer of uh, the child closing um, the closing the thing when the fighting starts. I just, yeah. I love that so much. It was I, really that's, funny. That's what got me more excited than anything is like, oh, 
they can actually make the child more of a character in this yeah. and without spoiling too much uh they do make him into a character uh yeah. they make him into a genocidal maniac <laughs> but we'll get there we'll get, we'll get there. there i think that's the third episode i think it's the second one and oh second boy one oh boy was episode two controversial yeah i can't wait for that one okay <laughs> oh boy we've got some uh really excellent guests lined up to help us uh go back and rewatch awesome some of uh some of these episodes and they're we've waiting some... in the corner right now they're yes, over there in line we've got them uh <laughs> we've got them lined up in the corner uh right. we will release them one at a time <laughs> uh, but i'm really i'm really excited to do this rewatch leading into because it's going to lead us basically immediately into the book of boa fett we're going to have a few weeks where we're doing something else i know we're doing a high republic episode uh but it is basically going to take us right into book of boba fett so it's a good thing to have a refresher i love it well i'm excited until next time thank you for listening to gold squadron case did we forget something? Email us at goldsquadrongaze at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at goldsquadgaze. And you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at goldsquadrongaze. Subscribe to us on YouTube at goldsquadrongaze, where we post this podcast as well as exclusive video content. Please join us next week and every week for another episode of Gold Squadron Gaze.